Hello there. Welcome to Locked on Astros. Fantasy baseball in 2023 is about to go off. Which Astros should you draft? Where in the draft should you get them? And which ones should you avoid? Or who are the sleepers? We're going to talk about that on this edition of Locked on Astros. Alvarez, it's a high drive center field. Veer leans back. This game is turned upside down. There's the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Greg H Town Wheelhouse Chancy. We are locked on Houston Astros, and we update you joints for a daily locked on Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Astros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can you find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Stroh's411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stroh's. It's fantasy baseball season, and I've got a couple drafts next weekend. I'm super excited. I've been actually working on fantasy baseball stuff all day. Brett knows this. He's in one of my leagues now. And so we decided to bring in the boys over at Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hey, guys, where can we find you at? And introduce yourselves. How you doing? Uh, thanks for having us. Um, by the way, that drop is killer. Um, <laughs> it actually is absolute fire. I'm Matt on a, um, you can find me at, at Matthew underscore on a H N E. Um, yeah. And, uh, I'm Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at L O underscore fantasy MLB. You could find us on YouTube at locked on fantasy baseball. You could also find us on Instagram on locked on fantasy baseball, and we're available on all podcasting platforms. Just search locked on fantasy baseball and you will find us. All right, guys, thank you for making Locked on Astros podcast your first listen. We just reached 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. We want to get to 8,000 and beyond, baby. So keep on subscribing to us. Keep on giving us a big fat thumbs up and make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Go and check us out. And normally, if we have locked on guys, we go ahead and bash the other team because we don't like other teams. Everybody hates the Astros. But uh, then we got a Yankees fan and then a Blue Jays hat here. So it's like, should we go and bash them? But we'll go ahead and play nice for this episode. So we got a lot that we want to kind of look at uh, today. And um, the drafts are coming up. I know for the first time, a lot of people are looking at a top Astros hitter not named Jose Altuve. Who do y'all see as the top hitter? Um, to be honest, I mean, the top hitter for me on your team um, for fantasy was probably Jordan Alvarez. Killer. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. Jordan Alvarez is an absolute masher. He's somebody that I've loved over the years since when he first got called up. I had picked him up in a whole bunch of my leagues. Uh, only thing is, unfortunately, where, you know, he's still a little bit banged up. I don't even think he's resumed swinging yet. So just want to, you know, proceed with caution when it comes to your Don and make sure you stay updated as far as, you know, his status going into the season. So with these hitters, um, Joran Alvarez is really that guy that is your perennial fear monger um, amongst opposing pitchers. Kyle Tucker and Alex Bregman and Jose Abreu were my top three. This team has more than three big hitters. Who would you say, other than Alvarez, would you put in the top three for this season? So personally, I have my top three Astros as Jordan, who we just previously mentioned, Kyle Tucker and Jose Altuve. I think Kyle Tucker is in for a huge season as far as, you know, 
uh, he could be a five category contributor if he gets that batting average up a little bit, which I think he's totally capable of. He had a little bit of a down year last year in batting average. And hopefully they can move him up the lineup. I don't know what you guys think, but I think Kyle Tucker should be moved up that lineup. I don't like him hitting uh, either in that five or six hole. If they can move him up in that lineup, that'd be absolutely fantastic for his fantasy value. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Tucker. I have him almost everywhere. Um, so, like, Tuck, Tucker can is a five-tool guy, so he can steal your bases. He can hit for average. He can do all the wonderful stuff you like when you're drafting a guy early in the draft. But then on top of that, he's just a solid, solid player. So I, I'm drafting Tucker everywhere. I think the fact that the Astros lineup is so deep is the fact that he's hitting – so uh, Kyle Tucker's hitting so far down and you have somebody like Jeremy Pena who was so good hitting second, but Michael Brantley is returning back to the team. So he's probably going to be hitting what seventh in the lineup. So there's a, this lineup is so deep and then you don't even need to worry about what Malonado or uh, Chaz McCormick uh, does down the road. But yeah, this team is good. And I think uh, to go off what Kyle Tucker is going to do, I think with the shift being banned, even though it seems like, especially with Joey Gallo up, they're shifting the <laughs> I saw that the other day, and I was like, damn, okay, they're still finding a way to get Gallo. Yeah, that, you know, that, and that was something when um, my dad and I were invited to a to a town hall with uh, Craig Biggio, and he was answering questions, and he said, I don't know if y'all realize, but teams are going to be shifting the left fielder over to short right field because there's no ban on an outfielder shifting. And I, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I knew they would find a way around the rule. You know, it's too bad we can't find a way around this crazy pitch clock. I don't want to get into that because that's like a whole <laughs> show in itself. It's just, it is. it's just nuts, man. Madison Bumgarner likes it. So if he likes it, we should all like it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, him, happy. him and Max Scherzer, they love it. Yeah, yeah Max Scherzer's that. toying with the batters. Oh, He's just, like, uh, <laughs> just waiting for them to get in line up. <laughs> just got to watch out for Bumgarner. He might try and fight the fight the umpire. Yeah. Um, yeah, for real. So with those being your top hitters, basically, I think we all have our our top three, and in, in they're different. But it's like you really can't go wrong with yeah. the top six or seven in this lineup. With that being said. Um, the Astros are chock full of pitchers. The starting rotation, the middle relief, the back end. I mean, it's really hard to find a hole in this pitching roster, even with Justin Verlander gone. Um, who would you say are your top three pitchers to draft if our fans are drafting Astros pitchers? Well, I certainly uh, – my, my favorite, without a doubt, is Christian Javier. Uh, the kid broke out last year and had a monster season. 254 uh, two, ERA, 095 whip, a 33K percentage. Uh, the thing is, he's going about three three rounds later than a guy like Spencer Strider, and he basically had the same type of season. Uh, you should absolutely be targeting Christian Javier in all of your fantasy drafts. Then I have Framber Valdez is somebody, you know, uh, very, very consistent. I believe he led the league in quality starts last year. If you play in a league with quality starts, he's uh, a man to go out and get. And then I have Ryan Presley. I kind of snuck him in there as my number three just to get a you know a reliever in there. Uh, had an absolutely dominant year last year. I know he's getting a little bit older, but I think he gets the job done at the back of that back of that bullpen very very well. Yeah, um, I, I you can't can't really say anything else on those three. I mean, Framer Valdez is going to be absolutely studly this year, and so is Christian Javier. You know, I saw saw early predictions that the guy was already being picked as the early Cy Young winner, and I could totally see that happening. Guy's a stud and. For fantasy, it, the sky's the limit. 
So looking at the pitchers, uh, you've got Hunter Brown. He came on last year, made two starts with the Houston Astros, then showed that he could be dominant in the bullpen. And he's probably, with Lance McCullers' injury, he's going to be in the rotation to start the season. And I'm, we're not worried about his first spring training start. But uh, what what is fantasy baseball thinking about Hunter Brown? Hunter Brown is absolute monster. Uh, last year, I saw a side-by-side -side comparison of him and Justin Verlander. Their release looks absolutely identical. I think Hunter Brown takes off this year. Right now, he's currently going super, super late, in, um, according to ADP. Uh, and you should just go out there. If you can get him as one of your last picks in fantasy baseball, you're going mm -hmm. to make out very, very well. I think he, he takes that fifth spot away from McCullers and absolutely runs away with it. I could see the Astros possibly transitioning maybe McCullers to the bullpen so he doesn't keep dealing with all of these injuries like he's done over the last few years. If he could be that long relief guy out of the bullpen, give you two, maybe three innings if you need it out of him in the bullpen, he might be better off and let Hunter Brown flourish. Uh, Dominic, have you met Lance McCullers? He's not going <laughs> to like that too much. Hey, he's man, sometimes you got to do what you got to do for the team, right? Yeah, but he's not going to want that on his LinkedIn profile. And speaking <laughs> of which, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Yeah, that's right. LinkedIn is the place to go. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Then what you do is after you create this LinkedIn job, you add this job you add a purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So people know when they see your profile, oh, look, H.M. Wellhouse is hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates. Like, are you really an Astros fan? And what's your first Astro that you ever liked? I don't know. Look, basically, whatever your business is going for, find the right skills, the people with the right experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview. Because you don't want to interview the wrong people for the right job. You want the right people for the right job. This is why small businesses rank LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, looking at the newest Astro, I I do I know we're talking about pitching, but I think a lot of people want to know what is Jose Abreu going to do this year. I mean, he's coming from what he's termed not a good family with the Chicago White Sox, and he feels like he's right at home with the Houston Astros. What do you do? You see his power returning with the the Crawford boxes out there. What is fancy baseball thinking about Jose Abreu in Houston? Eric, yeah. I think you took the words right out of my mouth with those Crawford boxes. I think Jose Abreu, you know, he only hit 15 bombs last year. But I think he could bounce back to over 20-plus. I believe uh, if he played all of his games in Houston, he was projected to hit around 22 home runs. So I could definitely see him returning to about that. He's not going to be the 30-plus home run guy he used to be. But he's also a career 292 batting average hitter. He's led the league in RBIs before. He's had over 100 RBIs in about seven seasons. So I think the counting stats are going to be there. He's definitely uh, one of the top first basemen, according to me. I believe I have him ranked as my uh, fifth first baseman coming into this year for fantasy baseball. 
Yeah, I mean, Abreu is just going to be a stud, especially with that lineup with the protection and also the counting stats are going to be outrageous with everybody around him. I don't see how Abreu isn't a fantasy darling this year. And in real life baseball, I don't see how Abreu isn't successful with the Astros. And unfortunately, they make them super dangerous against my Yankees. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? We like to hear that. We like to hear how the Astros are dangerous against the New York Yankees. Um, I know that's been kind of a running theme and I mean, literally source of frustration for you guys with the Houston Astros. Um, But, you know, this team top to bottom, I I think when when it comes to um, when it comes to hitters, when it comes to pitchers, it is just it's like, who do you pick and who do you not pick? And my question is this. Do you see someone on this lineup or maybe coming up from the minor leagues that would be a sleeper or someone like a Brian Abreu that might even get more innings this year that could really surprise with fantasy value? Because I know like in our league, we're allowed to have like three minor leaguers, right? Um, Do we have any sleepers? Do we have anybody out there that maybe Astros fans aren't, maybe they know about, but they're not thinking fantasy wise? Well, the the, mo- the most the, the most prominent one I could think of, and I know we kind of already touched on him, was Hunter Brown, you know, especially with him getting the chance there. And then again, if it's not Hunter Brown, another guy, and I know it's it's hard to say after what this guy did in the World Series, is Jeremy Pena as well. He is coming off the board in fantasy drafts right now as the number 18 shortstop. So there's a lot, a lot of value there with Jeremy Pena. So if you can get him late in your drafts, I, I think it's going to be an absolute steal. As far as the minor league system goes, there isn't any one particular guy that absolutely stands out to me. Maybe you guys have somebody in mind that in the minor leagues that you think could break out this year. That uh, p- Please let me know. I would love to know as a fantasy uh, analyst, you guys probably have that insight. What do you think, uh, Eric? The only guy that I think is opening some eyes this camp is Justin Dearden. Um, I, he's not a top prospect, but he's somebody who's kind of hitting his way into the eyes of Dusty Baker. And I don't think he's going to be a starting center fielder, but he's somebody who could, let's say, Chaz McCormick and, or Jake Myers or all of the above struggle. He could be an option. You have somebody like David Hensley who, uh, let's say there's an injury, he could be somebody that steps into a big role. He's he's having a pretty good camp and uh, playing all over the diamond. So, But there, there's also Ronel Blanco. Uh, with the Astros having Lance McCullers out, uh, he is somebody that's being transitioned from a bullpen role to a potential starter role, whether that's a opener or a kind of an old Christian Javier role, where maybe one game he pitches three innings, the next inning, next game he may pitch five innings and a start as a part of a six-man rotation. Because you mentioned earlier the Astros um, – um, might like when Lance McCullers returns, he might uh, Hunter Brown might beat him up, beat him out. But I think what you're going to see is the six man rotation because Dana Brown has mentioned that he liked what the Astros did last year and the Braves they fell short last year in the playoffs because their rotation was just overworked. Yeah, I think too you have to look at guys, and I know he's not playing right now, but if he's able to get healthy and get kick started a mid-season call-up would be a Pedro Leone type of person. Um, you also forced Whitley. Look, 
Forrest Whitley has his eyes on the prize still. He's he's not like he may be forgotten in the minds of most Astros fans and people keep calling him Mark Appel 2.0 or whatever. I mean, literally, like people are very harsh on this guy, but there's nobody who wants to get to the big leagues more than Forrest Whitley. And there's nobody that's been a part of more trade talks than Forrest Whitley himself. And so Forrest Whitley, I think, is a guy that if he's given the opportunity, he really could come up and give you some fantasy points if you if you have a guy go on the IL and you need someone to come in and he comes up, he can make a difference because if he's throwing strikes and he's missing bats, he could have high value. Yeah, I, I agree. I do like Forrest Whitley, you know, a big six foot seven guy, you know, 240 pounds. If he could figure it out, he's, you know, former top prospect, you know, he's still only going to be 25 years old this year. I think there is a lot of, you know, opportunity for him to come up. And, you know, if that if there is the opportunity in that, uh, you know, rotation, he could come up and be great. Let's, you know, let's see how it goes. And I do like the the Justin Bearden one. He was very, very good in the minors last year. Uh, hit 24 home runs, 101 RBIs. He had 302. So if, you know, he takes Chaz McCormick's job, there could be some fantasy value there. Definitely someone to keep your eyes on. Yeah, the, the problem with the Astros is they don't have that top prospect, like that sexy one that yeah. other teams have, like that Francisco Alvarez or just the top ones that everybody, fantasy owners are going to be drooling over. But what they do is they turn those uh, prospects they have into Jeremy Pena's, into Hunter Brown's, into yes. hopefully this year we're going to be talking about Corey Lee or Corey Lee or Yiner Diaz because one of those guys need to be a backup catcher. So um, what do what do we see um, in terms? I know if you're going for a backup catcher in fantasy baseball, you're pretty much your team is pretty screwed anyway. But um, <laughs> what do you think about the, the catching situation for the Houston Astros? Uh, you know, with them, they, they got rid of Christian Vasquez and, you know, Maldonado isn't somebody that you're really targeting in fantasy drafts. Uh, you know, he's good, uh, pretty good, you know, in real life baseball, definitely fits that team. But I do like Yanir Diaz. He's a pretty solid young hitter. You know, he um he got a little uh, cup of coffee last year. You know, he didn't uh, absolutely blow the world away, but he actually played great down in the minors last year. He played 105 games, 445 at-bats, 75 runs, 25 homers, 96 RBIs, and he hit 306. So he's shown that, hey, he can get it done. Maybe he comes up and he gets the opportunity. Definitely a name to keep your, your eye, uh, eyes on. That's uh, Yanir Diaz. So with all these rule changes going on, and we kind of hit on a little bit, it seems like the pitch clock is more of an advantage for the pitcher. It seems like the pickoff rule is more an advantage for the hitter with more stolen bases. Do you think that these rule changes are going to, you're going to see like, like an increase and in a flux in fantasy points given out for players per game? Or do you think it's going to be a kind of a, like a net zero, like where it's not really adding or subtracting. I mean, what is the possibility of that? improving my points per week for fantasy baseball. So my take is uh, let's, we could specifically, let's get into some Astro guys. I know that's what we're here to talk about. A guy like Kyle Tucker, right? He's, he could potentially, you know, he's pretty fast. He could potentially be stealing more with um, the bigger bases last year. They, they implemented it in the minors and steals were up. I believe it was about around 15% across the, you know, all of the minors. So I think guys that, you know, are that are, that do already steal could potentially steal even more. And then with the shift, right, let's talk about guys like Jose Abreu and Jose Altuve, you know, the, the couple of Jose's there. They they know how to hit. They're absolutely great hitters. So if you know how to place the ball when you're hitting, you know, which a lot of, you know, players do, I think Jose Abreu and Altuve, you know, Altuve could potentially get his average back up 
you know, closer to that 300. Abreu is already a 300 hitter. I think he could, you know, have that, you know, same high batting average that we're used to seeing with him. Just once again, it's it's a lot easier to put the ball where the guys aren't now. I mean, I know we're seeing that, you know, some teams move out of that left fielder over, but you're not going to do that against guys like Abreu and Altuve. They're just going to put the ball right, right into left field then, you know? Yeah, exactly. So if you're um, looking at Alex Bregman, I know that uh, Fancy Pros has him listed as 65th overall. Uh, do you see him? Uh, we saw him kind of have a resurgence last year after a couple of down seasons. Do we see him kind of returning back to the Alex Bregman of old and fantasy wise? I do like Alex Bregman. And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was after he had his child that he just uh, took off, right? Am I, am I correct with that? Yes. Yeah, you know, that had him super, super motivated. And sometimes that's what you need in life. We, we sometimes forget that, you know, these guys, when it comes to fantasy, you know, you get in that mindset of just, oh, you want production. production. These guys are real people. You have something going on in your life. You're upset. Uh, you know, Matt and I like to say, you know, first year players on a new team. Uh, sometimes that affects them in a certain way. But he has a kid now that got him motivated. He's, you know, seems to be happy. He's back on track. Played 155 games last year. So he looks fairly healthy coming into this year. I think, uh, he could be closer to that 30 bombs. The counting stats were great for him last year with the 93 runs, 93 RBIs. I don't know if he's going to ever get back to like the 17 steals he had in 2017. So uh, in the steals department, not so much. But hey, he's a career 277 hitter, and he hit 259 last year. And once again, without the shift, maybe he's out there talking to Altuve and Abreu and getting some tips on how to spray the ball a little bit more. I think that batting average could bounce back up. I do like Alex Bregman uh, for a fantasy this year. And the thing I do like about Alex Bregman, Dominic, is that he felt great in the postseason. And oh, yeah. if you remember back to 2021, where he basically playing with a broken hand, he he had a basically injury riddled season that year, the soft tissue stuff. Then he comes back. And at the end of the season, he's just like got this dad strength, like you talked about. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's kind of bantered about between him and the media, but really – um, there's gotta be something to that. Um, you know, his, his son is named Knox, you know, like you get Knox on the field and, and, there you go. and so it's like, he's kind of, he's like, he's my good luck charm. And so he definitely has that going for him. And even now he's saying, this is the best he's felt coming into spring training. And that's what you want to hear because Alex Bregman's like, what, you know, one or two seasons away from needing a contract extension. If, if Dana Brown fulfills his promise and says, Bregman and Altuve need to remain an Astro for their whole career. And so he's, you know, he's got a lot writing on, on this season. And when you're healthy and confident, that's a dangerous mixture with someone like Alex Bregman, who really is probably one of the villains when he goes on the road. Oh Lord. I saw him at the, you know, I, I got a game like two years ago and it was, uh, I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan. You may not notice with the, the blue Jay stuff, but I am a Yankees fan. I just, I don't hate on anybody. I'm a, you know, overall baseball fan. But I was at the game where they started those chants against Altuve, and uh, Bregman launched one that game, and he shut the. He had the whole crowd quiet, and uh, it, it was it was a very very interesting night to say the least. All right, so looking at uh, they, these don't have to be Astros players. You don't have to play to our crowd or anything. But uh, looking at the, if you had to draft. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be like for your team or anything, but uh, who are the top three pitchers you would go for in a draft and who are the top three hitters you would go for? Okay, so I'm going to start off here with my uh, top three hitters. And I think one of the obvious ones, if you've been watching spring training at all, it's Juan Soto. 
I know he's dealing with a little bit of a cash, calf issue right now, but it seems to be more precautionary than anything else. And uh, Juan Soto's raking right now. He's played four games, 11 at-bats, eight hits, three mm. doubles, a bomb, seven RBIs, and he's hitting a monstrous 727 with a walk and a strikeout. So I think Juan Soto right now is being a little bit undervalued, somebody that was arguably the top pick last year. I definitely got Juan Soto. And outfield is super thin this year. When you want to get past like the top 30, 35, go, go and get you Juan Soto. Uh, Anthony Rendon is somebody that's going after pick uh, 200. Uh, you know, I think he's motivated to come back and show everybody that he's still got it. You know, Anthony Rendon, if, you, if you've been playing fantasy, you're just watching baseball. When he's healthy, he's one of the best hitters in all of baseball. That Angels lineup gets a little bit better this year with uh, Hunter Renfro and uh, Logan O'Hoppy. And then I got the obvious Mike Trout and Otani there. And my third guy is Jordan Walker. If you guys don't know about Jordan Walker, he is absolutely taking uh, spring training by storm. He had a two-home run game the other day, and he is fighting for a spot in that Cardinals lineup. I think he absolutely wins it. He had a four-for-four game the other day, too. The kid is just doing everything that he can. He's a big man at 6'5", 220 pounds. And just real quick, he right now he's played six games in spring training, 18 at-bats. Uh, nine hits, three bombs, three doubles, six RBIs, and he's hitting 500. You know, I love that. That's, you know, that's a hard top three to argue with. I went ahead and went with, I think Manny Machado is going to have an MVP oh. type season. Trey Turner with his new team. And of course, Mike Trout. If Mike Trout can stay healthy all season, I mean, what this guy's going to do, what he can do at the plate is just amazing. I guess the question remains for Angels fans. Can we make the playoffs? Those, <laughs> yeah. are, those are my top three hitters. Eric, do you have any? Um, do you get yeah. any from what we listen? Um, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Kyle Tucker, then Jordan Alvarez, and then <laughs> Jose Altuve. I'm gonna play H Town Wheelhouse for once. No, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. You can't throw me. No. Well, technically, so tell me, Eric, who are your top three non-Astros? Um, yeah, I, I think you've always got it. Um, I think that if you look at it, um, Mookie Betts is always a good pick. Um, you've got to also look at um, Shelly Itani. He's always, I mean, he oh, yeah. may not be the best hitter out there. I mean, he's a good hitter, but he's exciting for what he can do for uh, doing, doing on both sides. And then uh, there's always, there's some excitement for, some of these young guys like Julio Rodriguez. I want to see what he can do when the league adjusts to him. And so, um, especially Astros pitching, can the Astros actually um, kind of figure him out and slow him down? I mean, I know it's going to be a little bit different season. So, Dominique, um, let, let's go ahead and switch to pitchers. What are your top uh, your pitchers you're reaching for? Okay, so first up, I got Brandon Woodruff here from, um, you know, Milwaukee. He was dealing with a little bit of that Raynoids issue last year, which kind of limited him, but he still had a monster, monster season uh, when he was out there. The the guy has great stuff, and, you know, he's he gets to pitch with uh, Corbin Burns and uh, Freddie Peralta. I'm sure they all sit there and they talk about their stuff. Uh, I think um, Woodruff, if he gets to around, you know, close to 200 innings, he could have well over 200 strikeouts. The ERA is a career 318. Uh, and then even in 2021, he had a 2.56 ERA. Uh, then I have Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech is just going so late. I just the reason I, I have him listed is because of the value. I know he's dealing with that knee issue still, but I think he's going to be on track. The kid was a very high end prospect when he first came up, 
And he actually, you know, had a pretty solid season last year. 3-5-4 ERA, 119 innings, 105 strikeouts, and a 1-1-9 whip. I think he can improve upon those numbers. He's still he's in his prime. He's going to be 27 this year. And then the last one is an interesting one. It's uh, I have Kodai Senga, someone who also is going pretty late around pick 175. And I don't know if you guys saw, but they had an interview with Pete Alonzo when they were doing some um, work there with the Met in the Mets camp. And Pete Alonzo was like, you know, he, he struck me out in that last pitch. He goes, I didn't, I've never seen a pitch move like that. And then they had Kodai sitting with his interpreter. And then, you know, the interpreter told him what Pete Alonzo said. And then Kodai Senga goes, that's the ghost pitch. And I was like, oh, I was like, all right. I was like, all right, uh, Mr. Senga, you know, let, let's go. <laughs> you know, it is it is going to be exciting what they have in New York. I mean, you would think like losing Jacob DeGrom, that would be a recipe for disaster. But then you retool with with this guy and Justin Verlander. And I've got Justin Verlander as one of my top three. I got Corbin Same Burns. Here. I think this guy is going to come out with them with like like a guy with his hair on fire because he was completely insulted by the arbitration process. He oh, even yeah, talked about crazy. it openly. And I remember because um, Eric hadn't heard the soundbite and we were on the show live. And I was like, well, this is what Corin Burns said. Eric's like reaction was like, oh, my gosh, like who says that about a player? They basically told the guy we lost the playoffs because of you. And that was his interpretation. And of course, I put Shohei Otani up there. Just Otani is just so good. Like what this guy's doing, um, just it, it's just unbelievable because he he does it so well. He throws so hard. And it's just great for the game. But those those are my top three pitchers if I'm looking at non-Astros. But I love a lot of guys that are out there. Um, I think I think Gosman's going to be fire. I think Robbie Ray's probably going to have a better year than he did last year. Um, you know, I mean, what is Clayton Kershaw going to do? But, I mean, you've got guys in Tampa. You've got a whole litany of pitchers in Atlanta. Um, and then – you look, the Rangers, they got some great pitchers, but can they stay healthy? Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree with everything you said there. Starting pitchers is one of the deepest positions in fantasy this year. We haven't seen starting pitcher this deep in, like, I'd say at least the last five years or so. Yeah. And some guy, I'm, I'm going to cheat here. Uh, my top three are Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> I mean, that guy oh, is just... Go. He's just a beast. And um, I mean, Spencer he Strider, he's coming into his own and after just his rookie season. And but just what Sandy's doing in uh, in Miami is just it's impressive. I mean, he's striking out pitching innings and it just he's like old school type pitcher. And it, I have him on both my fantasy teams and he's probably going to be one, in my uh, drafting from start. I'm probably going to try to get him just because he's Mr. Reliable now. So, OK, so you know, so real quick to kind of wrap things up, I'm going to ask you just a couple. I just want you to fire off at me some some answers to these questions. With the starting pitching being so deep, when drafting, is it bad to to get big name pitchers first, or should you be patient and wait? Okay, so now depending on your league, uh, I'd say, yeah, I would say yes because if you're playing in a head to head categories league or a roto league, you could totally wait on starting pitching. Personally, the strategy that I've been using is I like to go three strong hitters first, preferably at some of those weak positions, like maybe a third base or second base. And then, you know, uh, the outfield is also pretty thin. So I would do that and then try and grab a starting pitcher in the fourth where a lot there's still a lot of great names there. But if you're playing in a points league that rewards, you know, starting pitching more, which I've seen in a lot of, you know, points leagues, go ahead and you could take one, you know, get one of those big strikeout guys early, get you the Sandy Alcantara's or the Corbin Burns or that 
that type. So depending on your league settings, what you definitely want to know when you're playing fantasy baseball, make sure you know the settings of your league and see who was, you know, if it's a points league was rewarded more last year and, you know, focus on that. But for the most part, I'd say you could, you could hold off on starting pitching for at least the first few rounds. Yeah. And the league I'd start over every year, it kind of favors you to kind of do hitter, pitcher, hitter, pitcher, then uh, kind of focus on hitters for a little bit, then uh, get some more hitters. So it's, it just, you really have to focus on what the categories are. I just yeah. do head to head with categories. And uh, so it just really depends on what you need, what position. And so you can always go best available, but you don't want to have like four different shortstop when you only can put them so many different spots. So yes. um, with the draft day coming up, um, uh, do you go for a player like Jacob deGrom? I mean, Lance McCullers, I know he's on IL, but players with a huge injury history. Okay. Now the thing is, I think it truly depends on the player here. When we're talking, you're talking about a DeGrom or Clayton Kershaw that if they stay healthy, if they give you 180 innings, they could potentially be the best pitcher in baseball. We've seen them do it before and guys like that. Okay. I'll take the risk on them, but I won't overload my team with guys like that. If right. I take the Grom, I'm not taking Kershaw as well. It's really one or the other when it comes to that. Now, if you're talking about a guy like, you know, a Lance McCullers or, you know, even a, on the lower end, maybe like a James Paxton. I, I don't know how much it's actually really worth it to take them because, you know, then you're going to have them, you know, sitting on the IL at some point. You don't know when it's going to be. And the reward isn't really worth the risk, in my opinion. So when I'm looking at someone like a Walker Bueller, who's going to be coming back or That's how about Fernando Tatis Jr.? Um, I was listening to the Padres preview on Sirius XM and they were like, when this guy comes back, they're like, we see him hitting 40 home runs this year. And I mean, you know, Tatis is coming into probably one of the most powerful lineups in all of baseball. And, you know, I know the Astros are up there, but what are these guys going to do? I mean, do you, do you get Tatis Jr.? Cause you know what he can do. Do you get Walker Bueller and, and, you know, sit him on the aisle until he comes back. So uh, here's my, um, I absolutely love Fernando Tatis Jr. He, I, I have him in my biggest money league, my, my, my long-term keeper league that we've been playing for about 10 years. I have him, uh, I believe he comes back on April 20th from that suspension. You know, luckily they made the playoffs and uh, it helped uh, ease up a little bit of that time. When he comes back, he could be the best player in fantasy baseball. He's shown us that he could do it before. He's still young. I just think he needs to not be a bonehead. You know, if he's he needs to really mature and say, hey, listen, look what you have here. And you have the opportunity that 99% of the other humans on the planet don't. You have the talent that 99% of the other humans on the planet don't. Go, go out and get Tatis. Uh, somebody like Bryce Harper as well. I mean, he's going to be out a little bit longer. But if you could grab Bryce Harper and supplement it by – taking like a large new bar or, you know, one of these outfielders that has high upside going later. I love Oscar Gonzalez with the guardians. You got, you get, you grab guys like that. Walker Bueller. I'm not as sure on, he's supposed to come back towards the end of the year. If right. you can get him with your last pick. Sure. Why not? You know, then it's, it's all, you know, and you have a, let's say you have like four IL spots, you throw them on the IL, you'll be fine. So those are those kind of guys. I do see it. Once again, if the talent is there where they could be elite at their position, go out and grab them. Yeah, definitely. You know, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. You know, Dominic, looks like Matt's, uh, it looks like the, looks like we had some, we had some audio issues. And so he, he wasn't able to come back in, but we'll definitely have to have you guys back on as you have kind of helped us navigate these waters as we go into our drafts. And I hope that the information that, um, you know, of those of y'all listening or watching um, that you take some notes and I'm sure on Twitter, if you have questions, 
shoot them a message, at them on Twitter, ask them questions. I'm sure they would be glad to help you. Again, you can find them at Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Now, after making Houston, the Locked On Astros your first list, and you got to make your second list in Locked On Fantasy Baseball, win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every single day. Y'all have a good one and good luck in your fantasy leagues. And we hope that you all get what you have coming to you and get that prize, win that belt. Just make sure you're not in last so you don't get some crazy tattoo. But for (laughs) myself, Eric Heisman, Dominic, and Matt, we are a part of the Locked On Network, Locked On Astros, Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Y'all have a good one. As always, go Strohs. Go Strohs.